0: The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. On News Talk. Green Scene. On The Pat
1: Kenny Show.
0: With AIB. Working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future.
1: We pledge to do more. Now, in the green scene today, wrangling icebergs for drinking water by towing icebergs from the polar regions to the equator. Also, underwater noises made by critters that we didn't think made a sound. We're joined by Dr Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. First of all, 1.48 degrees.
0: Yeah, so the, the, the figures are in for 2023 and we knew it was a record-breaking year for temperatures, um, but it really was when we got the final assessment. As you say, the average increase over pre-industrial age was 1.48 degrees um, and, and that was a surprise to, to many scientists. And, and most of that extra heat was in the second half of the year. And that was when the El Nino phenomenon, where we see more heat being released in the Eastern Pacific, really impacted on global mm. temperatures. And um, we expect to see more of that in 2024, unfortunately, and it'll probably be throughout the whole year. So we may see a more consistent pattern mm. of heat this year.
1: Um, just as a matter of interest, uh, given the wars we have, you know, Ukraine and Gaza do, um, you know does the effect of ordnance exploding add any significant amount to global warming?
0: I mean, I think, you know, war and, and most human activity has a massive carbon footprint. But I mean, really, when you think about the use of fossil fuels being the key thing, we just have to wean ourselves off as quickly as we possibly can, because otherwise, unfortunately, 2023 and four, we're going to look back on them as good years,
1: not years where we had really extreme weather across the globe. Now, let's go to our topics Mm. today. Species that produce sound underwater.
0: I know. And I mean, I guess when we think about sounds underwater, I think we, we probably go to the whale song, the dolphins. Those are the sounds that we sort of associate with underwater. But in fact, there's a cacophony of sound going on underwater. And, and the reason we're talking about it is because a new digital database has just been put together by the University of Florida. And, and this is working with the World Register of Marine Species. And what they've done is documented over 700 marine mammals and the sounds that they make. So that would be things like the whales and dolphins, but also many, many other species. So little tetrapods like frogs and turtles, fish uh, and other little passive creatures that that just make noise in the sea. And they've come up with over 20,000 species and their sounds.
1: Can we hear them if we're... Scuba diving?
0: We can. Now we don't hear them as well as we could if our ears were adapted to be hearing underwater. But that's a very good thing because some of these sounds are incredibly loud. And if we could hear them, they actually would damage our ears. That's how loud they are. um and 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 but of course, we've talked before about picking up DNA and sounds using and using AI to, for example, monitor nature in forests and things. But this could help us do exactly the same thing at sea without really interfering too much. We mm. could listen to what's going on. You've. This is a toadfish. The first was a seahorse. This is a toadfish making a very loud noise. And last, this is a pistol shrimp or a snapping shrimp. And that's making a very loud noise with its claw by snapping its claw. But but that first sound there was a seahorse. I mean, we think of them as so silent. But you yeah. know, they have that little crown on their head and it's quite loosely attached and they move it against the bones of their skull to make a clicking sound in mating. And then an incredibly loud growl. And that growl, if we could hear it, would be louder than a rock concert <laughs> to us. And then that growling foghorn like toadfish, that can, re- that can reach 140 decibels nearly, which is louder than a jet taking off.
1: Do they understand what they're doing. Are they talking to each other? Are they warning each other? Are they warning other critters off?
0: All of the above. So they're communicating, it's used in courtship, it's used to warn people, it's used to, to tell each other what's going on. And then that, that the snapping shrimp though, I mean, if we could hear that, that is louder than the takeoff of, of a space rocket. I mean, it would literally blow your eardrums if you could hear it properly. So it's really interesting for us as researchers to listen to this, to understand what's going on, but we're probably lucky we can't hear it fully.
1: All right. Now we want to talk about wrangling icebergs. Now, what does that mean?
0: So, so the idea of wrangling—it's a bit like wrangling cattle. It's lassoing an iceberg and and taking it where you want it to go, and and it sounds really quite crazy but but this is an idea that's actually been around for centuries but 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 it's it's sort of come back into focus now because there are people actually thinking about this as perhaps a way to get clean fresh water to parts of the world where we don't have it. Um so so it kind of came back into fashion a few years ago as a kind of niche market because there was this idea that the, you know if you think about the Greenland ice sheet as snow falls on that Greenland ice sheet, it compacts further snow and then glaciers are kind of harvested off the edge as the pressure mm. becomes greater in the ice sheet. And they sort of drift down off the coast of Greenland around Newfoundland and eventually just melt back yeah. into the so sea. So by the
1: time they get down to, the say, the lower regions near the equator, they're long gone. Oh, they're, they're melted. Gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So gone. how do you keep them... Uh, from melting from, if you're going to tow them down to well, the equator?
0: Well, I suppose the, the work that they've been doing initially was been using it for things like niche markets for drinking water and vodka manufacture because the idea is this is water that froze 20,000 years ago, before there was pollutants in, on Earth, and this is hyper pure water. So, that's just been harvested around Newfoundland. They, they essentially lasso a glacier. If it's if it's stable, they can dig it out with a crane and they put the water, the ice, into special chippers and it to converts it to ice chip, which they c- keep in freezers and then they sell for, for huge amounts of money, these iceberg wranglers. And it is actually replacing employment for, for communities where they had big cod fisheries. Is it
1: doing any harm to the environment?
0: Well, it may be. Uh, I mean, obviously, the natural cycle of glaciers, as they melt, that cold, fresh water sinks, pushing up warmer water from underneath, which brings up with it nutrients and phytoplankton. But on the other hand, maybe there's more of that happening than there used to be with global warming. So it's very, very hard to know. But, but in terms of bringing stuff up to, to sort of maybe the African coast, which is there, there's actually a company called Polewater now thinking of bringing glaciers from the Antarctic up to, to Cape Town. Now, obviously, that's not as far as the equator, mm. um, but it does mean that they have to get these enormous rope structures around a very large glacier. They have to find the right glacier using satellite imagery. Obviously, if there's sort of ten cars worth of glacier floating above the water, there could be a hundred cars worth underneath. So this is precarious work because if the glacier tips over, it could sink a boat, it could cause a tsunami. But the idea is to tow it very slowly, about two knots, uh, so you know good walking speed, uh, and actually nudge it onto the right currents. So they don't. only about eighty percent of the towing is done. Only eighty percent of the movement is done by towing. The rest is getting yeah. it to the right. And place. the speed of towing. Very, very slow. So the two, two knots. And then, of course, it has to stop. So, I mean, one of the worst things you could do is tow a big glacier to, to, the, to South Africa and have it bump in accidentally. <laughs> so they need very special anchoring mechanisms to, to stop the glacier off the coast and then harvest it there. And, and this company really believes that they will do this and this will be part of the solution to South Africa's water shortages. I mean, I think from the environmental perspective, there's got to be concerns because we just don't know what impact this is going to have. But I think partly maybe some of this is a bit of a wake up call. I mean, if we're at the point that we're doing this... Yeah, you know, may, maybe we've just made some some bad choices that we need uh, to relook at.
1: What will they think of next? Uh, Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Thank you very much. We'll- Green scene on the
0: Pat Kenny Show with AIB working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more.
1: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.